You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. Hello, my name is Debbie Shear, speaker, MC, auctioneer, and humor coach, and for today, the host of Grit and Grace. Now, today's episode marks Taverly's 100th episode, and I personally can't think of a better way to celebrate than to switch seats with the host and do a deeper dive into our fearless host who has spent the last year and a half connecting with incredible women and really putting herself out there in order to hold space for other women to have their voices heard. So Taverly, welcome to the show. <laughs> How you. are you today? I I will admit I'm I'm like a little I'm a little warm. I'm a little you're warm. I'm a little nervous. Well, yeah. I did walk in just so everybody knows this. You're very transparent, so <laughs> as am I, and that's one of the things we love about you. I walked in and you were I don't know if you were visibly sweating, but you were doing some hand wringing and you said you were a little bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why specifically? Well, interesting. I am a guest on other people's podcasts, you know, regularly. I've done a lot of guest appearances, but I haven't I have there's certain things about this experience of this podcast that I haven't really talked about on the show. So it's like talking about my experience to get to hear I guess because it matters so much. It's right. so personal, right? It's so your baby. I, it's my baby. We're yes. talking about my baby today. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And plus being on the other side of the questions. I'm a control freak, so like I give him like that say up that to again. you. So everybody Wait, in the back can hear it. Let's clarify this. I'm an Enneagram Eight, as we <gasps> all know. Yes, maybe somebody <laughs> else in this room knows what that's like. So I'm used to calling the shots. So I have totally surrendered to you, I my know. friend, and and I'm honored about because mm. of that. So thank you, and I just want to say. Thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable because that's what this is about, right? Mm. You're switching seats. You're choosing to be completely open and transparent and and vulnerable. So thank you. And that's also not easy for an eight. So thank you for doing the work. Mm. That's why I'm a little warm. You're a little warm. Okay. Well, your legs are cool because you have the ripped jeans on, so your legs are fine, and you can take off your sweater if you need to. It's absolutely okay. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Browser, welcome. Always. I mean, you know, that's an entirely different show, but we'll cover that next time. So let's just go over what we already know. Uh, Taverly is a social impact entrepreneur helping businesses develop a community investment strategy the main focus of her company, Corporate Cause Agency. And this is not the only show that you host, right? You right. are, you're, this is busy, busy town. She hosts this show, Grit and Grace, as well as Girl Talk with Courtney Olson. And you co-host or have co-hosted a limited series with Tony Drees called Shock and Awe 2.0, which salutes veterans with grace and has recently launched a new initiative called Taverly's Tribe bringing together the top female experts in their fields to help other women have access to the resources to learn and grow with, as well as from, other women. So check that out for sure. Is that online? Like if we just typed in Taverly's Tribe, what would come up? It's Taverly.com. Taverly.com. Yeah. Okay. It's live. It's live. Oh, Yay. I love this. Okay. Yeah. So for sure, if you've not checked that out, go and check that out. And before we dive into this interview... I think it's important to recognize your efforts, and if everybody, um, if you can go to whatever app you're listening on and give her a rating Mm. and a review, that's so yummy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how you know that people are engaged and they're enjoying what you're putting out there. So, And there's algorithms in there, right? Like Apple actually 
provides, you know, you can get the suggested for you podcast. So when you listen to a podcast on something like um, the Apple podcast app, it brings up other suggested apps. And so the number of ratings and reviews you have helps you rank mm. in Apple. So there's a functional benefit to yeah. it as well. So I appreciate mm. it in both ways. So that would be wonderful. That is wonderful. And I think it's also a great way to celebrate your milestone of 100 episodes. That's a big deal. There are so many podcasts and I wonder how many go to episode 15 and then fizzle out. It takes a lot of grit and grace to get to 100. Aww. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Dive in? I'm okay. ready. I wish we had a call-in option and people could call us <gasps> oh, right now. that would be that, so interesting. I'd be, I'd be just tickled. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll be next year, okay. episode 200. Okay, so I'm curious to know... Maybe you've already covered it, but I think it's important. What guided you to start this show? Did you have an aha moment or was it the culmination of many experiences that landed you here? Mm. Um, it's just interesting to think back to that time because it was more than two years ago. It was at the end of 2017 when I had first started my business that I, I literally floundered a little bit. Like I, I struggled to find my brand and find my voice and... I had this amazing group of women that came into my life that run very successful companies that helped me. And in the process of that, when I was finding my brand and getting comfortable being me, because you know it's a process when you become an entrepreneur to really recognize that people are buying from you, the human, not whatever image you're going to portray. And that was a big learning curve for me. And I had help. And when I realized I had all this help, and then I looked at the statistics of what is it, less than 13% of female-owned businesses ever reach six figures? Okay, that was an issue for me. That was like a knife in my heart because that's like it's just like starting out the gate knowing that the odds are against you right. to be successful. And so I started by just having this intuitive feeling that I should take the help that I've been given and help it with and and provide it to other women. Mm -hmm. So I originally thought what I would do truly was record like a handful of podcasts mm -hmm. and share with a handful of people and that would be kind of it. In fact, I started with two potential partners to oh. to like host the show so we could collectively talk about this and then it just wasn't their jam and I didn't have any clue that it would be like this ongoing thing. And the funny thing is, is I knew nothing about podcasting when this came to me to do it. So I started from like zero, a knowledge. Like I didn't even know how to use a microphone properly. I love this. <laughs> I and I, Oh, it's just so funny if I think back to the amount of courage it took for the first few episodes that I recorded in my closet, mind you, in my bedroom, because you know the clothes, it's like a it's like the oh, best the soundproofing. soundproofing. <gasps> yeah. So if you ever oh. need to record anything solo, people go in your closet. I love door. this. The amount That's of a hot tip. You need That's to put a hot that tip. on. Yeah. Okay. Attach yeah. that to this podcast. Yeah. There's a hot tip. Go to your closet, close the door, you know, plug and then in come your out mic. of your closet. And an entirely <laughs> new person. Exactly. And and probably five pounds lighter because you've just sweat all your nerves out. Yes. But the courage that it took to hit the record button and share my voice was Wow, that was yeah. that was a big thing, right? Yeah. And so, I, two questions come up. One, how long has this process been going on? Because oftentimes, mm. people, especially with social media, which gives the false impression that things are instantaneous, right? You had an idea, you woke up the next morning, you did it, and here you are. But I'm sensing from you, mm. this has been a much longer process. So, from finding your brand to getting to the podcast, what's what's the the distance. I mean, truthfully, it took six months. It oh, took okay. six now months that's kind of, of ruining like, where I was going. Oh, I thought you were going to say lot. eight years <laughs> oh, no. to get from here oh, to no. there. I'm, no. a, I'm a slow processor, okay. obviously. But that was that was that was six months of every week, like yeah. trying to figure out because I had borrowed equipment to start that I couldn't oh, figure right. out how to make work, and then I had partners that decided not to continue in the process, and and then just even understanding the back end of how things operate on podcasting. Because there's lots of people that can get behind a mic and share their voice and record it, and there's systems that will push it out for you. Right. But to actually do it in a way that people are going to be interested in and market it and, and then get the feedback to keep going, Right. That's it's such a big process. So it took me six months, and, and then what happened is I won a podcasting contest. Oh, you did? With the Ladies Chit Chat Club, and they launched me, right? Oh, they, that's amazing. That's how that started. I yeah. love that. And, and then I moved out into a different... Um, network down the road, but at the time, that was like wow. That yeah. was, and I, I, I really did feel like 
it was six months of work to produce that those handful, like three hours of audio. It was six right. months to get three good hours of audio at the beginning. And well, that's good for people to know. Yeah. Because podcasting is not just hop on a mic. I mean, it seems like it is because there are so many and so many people are doing them, but it does take... Well, let's a be clear. People are doing that. It doesn't mean that it's get going anywhere, that they're not True, getting listeners fair. or they're, or it's not good audio, right? I mean, right. there's so much that you that goes on to get a show that has traction that keeps going. Right. That's the hard part. And, right. and I didn't know any of that then. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I'd be getting to a hundred shows. I mean, I didn't know I'd be sitting here. Yeah. Being interviewed <laughs> in the hot seat. In so the hot seat. So you're still squirming a little. I just want to let people who are listening that she hasn't completely released, but you're oh, on your way. You're I'm on close. your way. I'm close. I'm doing some shoulder rolls here, people. Well, and I love what you said. That it was so scary to be in the closet. On, that's a bit. I mean, for you <laughs> I, to be sitting in your closet and pushing the start button was very scary. It took a lot of courage. And I'm going to assume incredibly empowering, mm-hmm. which is, which is so fabulous because that's what you're doing for other people. That's mm-hmm. your jam, mm-hmm. right? That's what you hope to do. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. So one of the things that I really admire about you and I knew it right away, I felt connected to you the minute I met you, it might be our eightness, it might be who knows what it is, but your willingness to be so transparent mm-hmm. about who you are is refreshing and you're not doing it for a like or a bump or anything like that. It's truly who you are. It's almost encoded in your DNA that you don't know how to be any other way, which I would imagine maybe as a younger person didn't serve you well. I don't mm. know. Sometimes this mm-hmm. this happens. But as an adult, it's really a beautiful quality about you. So you share so much about who you are, right? Your willingness to share your journey on being a mom, which that's an that's its own podcast mm-hmm. a podcast in itself, right? Your dating life, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the broom closet, mm-hmm. which I am going to ask you about that, and then just changes that have occurred over time. So I'm curious to know that in itself takes courage because it's not just sharing it into a mic on your podcast and then it doesn't go anywhere. That is now knowledge and information that people have. So. What is that like? You're very out there and mm. and very honest. And what is that like for you? How has that come back in the positive ways and maybe the not so positive ways? Well, I have some funny stories about that and then some more serious stories about it. I'll, I'll go with the funny first, which is that it's really interesting being single when you have a name like Taver Lee and you meet somebody new and they learn your name because... If they do what I do, I mean, I Google everything. Oh, I, I don't meet somebody that I don't know without looking him up. Right. If you Google my name, right, these shows come up. Okay. And so I've had some really, really funny experiences where I've met someone for the first time and they have actually listened to like a bunch of my shows. So they like know things about me that I don't know that. I mean, it's just, it's, see my, my face, I'm getting that whole like flushed feeling. It is a, str- it's a strange interaction that takes place personally, right? And so that's. It's just sometimes it's really funny. And then I have had a few um, different business associates that I've worked with that, you know, because the signature line of my business email accounts has my shows. And so Mm. I will meet with someone for a business purpose or even a potential client. And if they've listened to a significant amount of my shows, it creates a different energy. And in in fact, in that that case, it's good because they can learn a little bit about me. They can see Mm. that I'm a real person. It's really working hard to work my craft, right? Right. Um, one person said to me once, "Well, wow, this was a business meeting. Wow, I feel like this is our sixth date because I already know everything about you. I know your kids' names. I know where you live. I know where you went to school. I know your dog's name, and you don't know anything about me." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's whew, that's a little right. strange." But you bring up a really good point because you're so willing to be honest and out there and transparent. That could impact business relationships, mm. right? And mm. there's so there are different schools of thought. Some people say don't put that out there. That's going to negatively impact your ability to get business or and then there are people say, well that's okay. Do you want to partner with those people anyways? So it's it's a fine line to walk, right? And so true. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I'm just so curious. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's definitely different. I have bumped into people like at, at a gym that I've trained at before, I had somebody come up to me that had listened to Shock and Awe, and approached me and said, "Oh my gosh, are you that? Are you the host of that podcast of that you do with Tony Drees?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, how how did you find that?" And he explained why, and it was a that was kind of a weird thing, right, to get approached with randomly, and that ha- that happens more often than 
I thought that it would. Right. Right. Just because our, you know, Denver's not a big, it's, it's small, not a big city. It's right. a small city. And so right. people, people know it here. And so there's mixed feelings with it. I, I am kind of, as much as I am an extroverted person, I'm also can be shy. And so it, if anything, it just makes me shy because I realize, oh my gosh, did they really listen to that one show about this when I said that? And I think, oh man. Right. But that's just, that's just part of owning being in a public figure role. And it's right. a small thing. I mean, and there's lots of people that, I mean, public figures all, that is relative. Like mm-hmm. for me, in my little scope of the world. And the other thing that I find is interesting in that part of it is that I have also had people that don't know me that have listened to the show and that have contacted me and mm. have since become a connection. Like they learned something from one of my guests or something I said stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what started to fuel me. Like, that's what keeps me here today. That's it, right? Is that when you know that something you've shared or an interview you've hosted or a topic you've discussed has changed the trajectory of somebody else's life, then all the rest of it stops mattering. Then it doesn't matter who I might date or not date that knows something about me or that, you know, a new potential client might listen to my spiritual show about the work that I do in my spiritual life. And my spiritual life is my life. Right. I'm just, I just started talking about it on right. the show, but not till I was halfway through. Right? Right. It took right. a little while for me to really go into that topic for that reason. Right, right. Because we do as humans, we judge people. And um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I know some really well-known podcasters that get like 10 million downloads a month. Mm. And we I've had some in-depth conversation about this and their advice is just get over it. Yeah. 90% of the people that are going to listen to your show, you're never going to know them. Right. So get over it. Right. And I'm like, okay. So right. I, I would say that there's the, the, the difficult parts of it happen, yes. Right. But there's so many more benefits that it just makes the scale not matter. Right. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And I'm sure that was hard to get to that point. Yeah. It was. And there was the very first time that somebody listened. I think I was like 10 shows in and it was at a ladies chit chat club event. There's a woman that came up to me and out loud in front of a whole bunch of people told me how much listening to what I had to say changed her path. Like wow, she was going to quit her job and pursue her passion. And she had all these things she wanted to accomplish and she didn't think that she could actually do it. She didn't have the confidence. And when that first like interaction like that happened, like I will admit I turned my head away a little bit and cried. Just yes. just a little bit because I realized, oh my gosh, this is what this is what I did it for. This was the purpose. Right. And right. It, and it hit me right then that, oh my gosh, that's it. That's the whole reason. It didn't make it easier to go in the closet, but it still right. was the purpose. It happened. And it probably helped you because you didn't need twenty two people coming up and saying that. Yeah. You needed one person. Just one. Just yeah. one. Yeah. And that's what you needed. Mm. And so I love that. Mm. I think that's really great. And that is, I can tell by the way you're smiling right now. Yeah. That it's just, <laughs> yeah. You just have a very content look right now. Yeah. Like that That feels good. So I know you talked a, bit, a little bit about business and meeting people. How have, how have people close to you reacted to the show, right? I don't know your family story and I don't know what you want to share, but I don't know if family members have listened or good friends. I mean, this is when we start to share anybody who's in a public space mm-hmm. and is sharing truly authentically, which is not just the great funny things. It's the stuff that's hard. People can take that different ways. So mm-hmm. what has that been like? And I'm curious, does your family listen? Um, my dad and my stepmom have listened to, a, 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 I would say, a couple of shows, maybe a few of Shock and Awe, um, but... My mom and her side of the family, actually, and that all of my relatives, no, like no, like they don't, like no, no, oh, okay. they've never, they've never commented, oh. they've never said anything, they've never, no. But you don't know if they listen and are just not commenting. Well, right. so, or- so here's the thing about about podcasting. Let's just be clear, it is still like the wild, wild west. Okay. So what you can track and what information you can get is limited. So I cannot, I cannot tell you if somebody has listened. Sure. I can look at the number to overall, but I can't identify a particular IP address of somebody. Sure. That would be so awesome, I don't though. Know. Yes. I would be way on board I mean, for that. that. would be cool. <laughs> but I, I mean, no, I don't, I don't think that they've listened because they would have – I've talked about them. So if they were listening, I would have had some, some feedback. Okay. There are some funny things that I thought of in the first few months of podcasting that what's it going to be like if like my ex-husband listens to the oh, show? Okay. Because my origin story that I shared, I'll, I shared a lot about how 
my children's father, like our relationship ended because I caught him in a car with my best friend. Oopsie. Right? So I had a big story. I shared this and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I now, wonder... did he know you were going to share that? Well, we don't communicate, so okay. I don't, I'm so not sure. But okay. we have mutual friends that sure. are on my social media. So I'm fairly certain somehow it has Got to back to him, around. Yes. Um, well, it's qu- funny how quickly that type of news travels. Right. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. This is true. But no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I did talk about my dad quite a bit on um, Shock and Awe because, you know, he served. He's a Vietnam vet. And, you know, there's some trauma there that were, you know, that he has experienced in his life. So we talked about that. I've talked about a lot of things about my family. And I don't I don't think they're listening. Wow. And then, like, my friend's circle, it was really interesting because it's re- you really start to know who – is in your corner, even just launching a business, right? Like when you, if, if you're all kind of going along in the same lane and then you as a human being decide, okay, I'm going to swerve way over here and go in this direction, which means the entire trajectory of my life is going to change. And that's what being an entrepreneur is. Right, right. There's lots of people that can't relate to you anymore. And so that was already a change, right? This was all happening at the same time. And then when I started the show, there was even sort of a more separation. And so I feel like the the you know cream of the crop became apparent to me. And there were some people that I am very close with now that I know still haven't listened to the show. And I wonder why. I, I would never ask because this maybe just isn't for them, but I just would wonder why. I'm, I'm right. not sure. So it's been kind of strange. And there are a few people who have um, who were not necessarily supportive at the beginning. In fact, I lost a friend. In this process. And why do you think they weren't supportive? Do you know? They were jealous. They were jealous. They wanted it. They wanted to do it. And I encouraged them to do it. Like, let me help you. Like, we're not in competition. There's a new pod, like 10 new podcasts launched every day. Right. There's no, there's no limited space. There's room for all of us because our messages are different. And I would have helped, but there was this real undertone of like sarcasm and Mm. um, a lot of criticism actually at the beginning. And I, I like good feedback. And I have had a whole bunch of guests in the first half of my podcasting life. Mm-hmm. I asked them for feedback, especially when I interviewed like Tamara Banks, like people that work in journalism. I asked for good feedback. And so I wanted to grow, but there was just like an undertone with one particular person. And so I, I let it go. Yeah. I just, I totally let it go. And to this day, I I don't know like what she's doing or what her plan is, but I, I can love from afar and understand that. Right. We all have areas that were not perfect. And right. that was just something that triggered her. Me doing this is triggered Interesting. her. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think we don't talk enough about the concept of jealousy mm, yeah. and insecurity. But yeah. we are in this space where, you know, find your, your squad, find your tribe. And I love that. I don't mean to say it that way. I think that's so important. But in these big conversations about finding the group of women, jealousy, which is a very... It is a natural thing to feel mm. when we don't talk about how that comes up, how do we handle it, how do we have conversations around it. I think we do a disservice mm-hmm. because it is naturally going to come up. If you're attracting people around you who maybe have the same interests and might want to try the same thing, it will come up. Yeah. It will. And and I I always want to dig deeper in that because yeah. it's the real it's the real stuff that happens. It really is. And I I think that as women, we have just been programmed for so long to look at each other as we need to be better in order to be successful. And that is, I mean, gosh, clearly, I mean, not, I'm not just 100 episodes into the show, but collectively, I, I made a calculation. I've done over 200 interviews mm. with women alone wow. across all of my shows because um, Girl Talk was my other, is mm-hmm. the other show. And I realized that that is something that is comes way before our time. It, we we were born into that, but we get to choose now right. if that's how we want to operate as women. Right. And I choose not to do that. Absolutely. And so I have I have literally packed up my equipment and helped another podcaster that had a, a, an equipment issue and sat there and ran her production for her, gave her the finished file because she had a really good guest coming into town and no equipment. Oh. And I drove and just did that because you know what? Because her podcast is awesome. Why wouldn't yeah. I support someone right. else? Like the, her success is my success, right? We're all like that. As right. women, we should, I mean, that would be a whole nother podcast. I can right. on that. But yeah, it's it. The, those that I thought would be on board and be like my greatest champion weren't necessarily those. Interesting. But then there were so many people that it have supported right. me along the way that I can't, you know, you, you, you just have to know that when you change trajectories, people's relationship with you changes. Right, right. 
and they're either going to stay with you or they're going to, they'll mm-hmm. fall to the side. Right. So when you think about your show and, and I think you've somewhat answered this, but I just wanted to ask in a very specific way, what do you think people love about your show? And I also want to know, what do you think people don't like about your show? Mm. Boy, this is where like all my demons come out. I'm like, man, sometimes I wonder why do people want to listen to the sound of my voice again? Like, don't they get tired of hearing? I get tired of hearing me talk. But no, I I think that what people really love is that they feel like they're a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. I had actually somebody. So there's a woman, uh, a friend of mine who is an intuitive coach. And she told me recently that one of her cl- new clients that came in and that's working with her f- over a period of time told her that she's listened to every one of my shows. Wow. And I don't know her. You, okay, I was going to That her. was my next Mm-mm. question. Okay. And she said to her, the reason why she likes this podcast the most is because she feels like she's sitting in between two women talking. And like the, she's, she's getting like an inside look at what women talk about. Because sometimes, I mean, you have a show that's coming out. I interviewed you. We mm-hmm. could talk like as two women. And right. just imagine what it's like from the outside to just be able to sit in right. and drop. So I think people really like that it's like real conversation. Well, and it's, it's, you know, one of my gifts, truly one of my gifts is that I'm a ninja style eavesdropper. And so a lot of people don't know that, but I am. And I've written a lot about it. But this is the ultimate eavesdrop. It's like a safe way to listen in, not have to contribute, but feel like you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And we had a big, we did a review um, six months into my show, and we got these statistics back that 40% of listeners that previous quarter were men. Oh. And I was, I will admit, I was flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. And so I, I talked to some of my male friends and I, I found a few that were listening and they said, yeah, because they want the perspective of the women sure. and they can do this in a way that nobody knows. Exactly. From your car, <laughs> yes. from your, from the, your closet, yes, they can, from, not your closet personally, but their closet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that, right. I thought that was very interesting. Now I haven't, I, I don't know now because unless you have a way to capture demographics, you don't really necessarily know that. But I will say that that to me gave me insight that we're talking about important stuff. Absolutely. And so then I think maybe what some people might not like about my show is I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to do I'm going to share this as a story as okay. an example. So there's somebody that I know that owns a business and he is um he's known in the Denver community and he approached me in his place of business when I was there one time like aggressively. Oh. And came up to me and said just so you know, I mean, I know you're a feminist and all, but just so you know, men's voices matter too. Oh boy. And, and don't you love when people start a sentence with just? <laughs> I feel like automatically my brain, I know this is not going up. Right? Is, we're going to dissolve. Well, and, and you know what I, you know, like in my spare time, I teach Krav Maga, right? So yes. I like, like my, my warrior comes out, like my stature changed. Like I created a, a boundary just by changing my position because I was irritated, like right up front. Like right. it was very confrontational. And, um, and, and it's funny. I shared this story too, by the way, um, with the ladies of the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame okay. during one of their events. I went up and shared this, and it created an interesting reaction about the fact that he called me a feminist. Oh. Anyway, so my response to him is, "Well, what do you mean? First of all, what do you? I don't consider myself a feminist. I consider myself an everyoneist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I, why do? Why do you think that? Right. Number one, and number two, there are so many podcasts that are for men that are hosted by men about men, like female hosts." are less than 20%. Interesting. So I, I was just so caught off guard that I'm like, well, I, I'm i sorry that you feel that way. And I have had a handful of men on this show. Right, I was going to say. I mean, say. clearly he wasn't one of them. Maybe right. that was the issue. Well, that would be a good episode. <laughs> Let's call him up right now. Oh, my goodness gracious. That would be so funny. But yeah, that, that sparked something for me because it would have never crossed my mind that somebody would have seen this show as really addressing women's issues. But you know what the truth is? I am doing women's work. And I hadn't at that time like actually said those words. I am doing women's work in so many different areas of my life. And so now I own that. But at the time, I was more just like, what? Right. Really? Well, and when you provide a platform for women's voices to be heard, that is threatening to some people, clearly to this gentleman, right? Mm. Because he had enough energy behind this to stop you and and say something mm-hmm. right then and there. He didn't email you. He didn't. It was mm-hmm. like probably a really visceral, guttural mm-hmm. thing when he saw you walk in, mm-hmm. and it 
He went there. But then, see, the thing is, you know how my mind works. You know me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is I just kind of giggled because I'm like, that means he's listening to my show. Exactly. I was going <laughs> to say. that statistic. Thank so you. So how many have you heard before you came to this conclusion? Right. <laughs> That's, see, if I only was better at like those responses those in, the moment, in the moment. In the moment, yes. You could text Especially me. when you're surprised. I was more prepared to punch him than I was to give a verbal response. Right. I, that was my... Well, next time, text me. Keep me on speed dial. I'm a master at coming up with those. I'm just, I'm just going to put you like in my ear, and I'll just like, oh, that's a good idea. How many I did will. you listen to to get to this realization yeah. that I'm a feminist? <laughs> that I that probably would have had your to punch voice him. matters. Yes, <laughs> which you're exerting right now, yes. sir. Thank you so much. So there's the thing: is I do think yeah. that there are, especially combining girl talk with this show, because we're talking about hard stuff, right? Um. I know not everybody's going to love that. I That is not for everybody. And you know what I say? Fine, move along, move right. along. This isn't the show for you then. If, you don't, if you're not looking to learn and grow and be something mm-hmm. better, go to a different show. Right. Go listen to the guys that are going to go, hoorah, you know, whatever. That's not for you. Right. Um, but that's, I am, I am aware of that. And the more we grow and the more we, especially when we start talking about a lack of women's confidence in the world, or even when we start talking about where I think women own their part in that, it will set people off. I'll give you another example. There is a woman who um, heard my initial interview with Courtney Olson, which mm-hmm. led to me co-hosting, like hosting her show on for Girl Talk, that heard my interview with Courtney Olson and she played part of it for me and stopped it and oh. said, I just want you to know that I disagree with everything she said. I have never been discriminated against. I don't have any problems with that. You know, it's women's choice. It's their choice to be strong. And it was a tirade. Wow. And so I I am aware, right, that I've had some, I am creating some reaction in people around that. And my answer is, I do not care one little bit. I do not care. I do not right. care. I do not care. If you don't like it, guess what? Hit stop. Go somewhere else. Right. You right. don't want to be enlightened and be yeah. an everyoneist. Go yeah. somewhere else. That's interesting. Huh. But that's, I'm, I am aware that that has <laughs> been part of the process. Sure. Absolutely. Anytime you push people mm-hmm. to their pain points, whether it's working out or emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Pain points, you get a you get a kickback. And besides, the other thing is, is if people weren't listening, they wouldn't have anything to say. Right. So I also think that that's part of the that's that's actually a compliment. I take that as I personally I take that as a, a win because right. when you're making noise, mm-hmm. people are not going to like it, and that's right. okay. And we don't always talk about things that are controversial either. We talk about lots of great things. It's not like I'm right, you know. Anyway. Yes. No, I hear you. Thank you for sharing. So you know that one of my favorite things to talk about is dating. (laughs) (laughs) Only because my life is so hilarious with it. But so I want to give you an out if you don't want to share this, but I'm curious about a couple of things. If what is it like? I don't know if you're actively dating, although I think you are. I I think you're open to that. Mm -hmm. And then what is it like? You touched upon this a little bit earlier to date when you're really you're public, right? Someone could show up at a date. Yes, you've done a little bit of research. You know you're safe, probably, mm-hmm. and, and relatively speaking, you know. But someone shows up with a lot of knowledge. And what is that like? Well, first of all, how is dating going? Let's really <laughs> let's, get let's, that. Re, let's talk about dating. This is what I really <laughs> wanted to talk about. Everything else prior was just oh lead, the appetizer. Yes. Oh, my. Well, I try. I mean, if I think of a clean way to explain, like, being a woman in her mid-40s, right, that is confident and owns a business and power lifts and has a lot of tattoos. And I know I come in hot a lot. I've got big energy. It takes us a, a particular type of man sure. to hold that space, right? Or to be comfortable with that. In fact, I would say that the year of 2018, the number one thing that I heard all the time on dates was that I was very intimidating. Really? And in fact, there was this one guy. I mean, I got so many stories. I'll try to like limit them down. There was one guy that I really liked. In fact, he found me through mutual friends on Facebook and asked me out on Facebook Messenger. First time I ever went out on Facebook Messenger. Okay. Yeah. But did you do the friend, you know, backtracking so you you could tell? Because I've done that before. I actually texted the person and said, your boyfriend knows this guy. And he just hit me up on Facebook. Like, is he a good guy? Yeah, what do you know? And how is it? Yes. Yes. I think that's okay. It was okay. Mm -hmm. And actually, I liked him. We had so much fun together. Everything was great. And he said to me, like, fifth dated. He's like, you know, why do you get to have all your shit together? He's like, that's very, I feel like I really cannot keep up. And I'm like, oh, man, really? (laughs) Oh, and it did, and it it fizzled out because of that? Well, it fizzled out for another reason. Oh, okay. We won't talk about on on the podcast, but (laughs) we'll just say that sometimes when you have really good, strong physical interactions, um, you know, 
men have this, you know, ability to like have blood come out of places of their face sometimes oh. when you have good physical interaction. So that was just a no. That was a no. Oh, Girl, yeah. I so don't even a- know what you're talking about. Of course, because I don't sleep with men, so it's a little bit. I was like, well, I guess oh, it's either way. It doesn't matter if it's men or women. I, when I realized I was going to bring up blood, I mean, really, my face must be like a thousand shades of red. It's about sixteen, oh, but not my. a thousand. You haven't hit that. Um, yeah, you got a bloody nose. And, oh, during and set. Okay, yeah, yeah what, okay. right? And, got it. and we didn't know where the blood came from, so oh, it turned sure. out to be this really funny story. Yeah. But Well, and head yeah. wounds bleed a lot. You don't know what's actually <laughs> going is, on. How serious. I can't believe we just down, went down that rabbit hole. But well, yeah. you can edit it out, I think, if that works. Well, this, this is kind of my deal with the show. We don't edit. So. Oh, okay. Well, so that's on you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the question about dating. So it's yeah. good. Yeah, I... I have definitely been open to experiencing things kind of in a non-monogamous way for a little right. while. And I practice it ethically, so I'm honest if people ask. Mm-hmm. And I maybe have ventured out of that, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really interesting when you tell people you have a podcast, what yeah. happens. So, you know, I am an online dater, so I do meet people online. And I always use my first name. Okay. So I know that people find me and listen. And I can tell within 10 minutes of having dinner with you if you've listened to my show or not. Really? Yeah. And what what is that? What's that? How can you tell? Because well, of because, things they say? Yeah. Or, okay. yeah. Or, or the things they don't ask. Sure. Because like they already know. If you they don't need to know. know. You don't ask. So I just gave it away. So men, if you are listening, yes. I mean, at least ask. And yeah. then, then there's the opposite side of when you're communicating with somebody like newly, like you've just met online right. and you move over to texting or phone sure. calls and you tell them you have a podcast, what's the first thing they want to know? Is how do I listen? How do I listen? And then I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready for, you don't need to, like, you don't need to go there yet. Right. And then, you know, they do. Right. <laughs> so yes. it's, I find it's, it's just very interesting. It's very interesting. And so do you have a particular type? Oh, so funny you say that. I have a couple of friends that told me this week that the person that I've recently gone out with a couple of times okay. is totally not who they would have thought. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. More, I mean, I definitely somebody that likes to be fit because sure. I am that's very part dedicated of your world. to my, yeah, yeah, you love that. Um, but I, I would say that my type now is, needs to have some consciousness, right? Needs to have some self-awareness and consciousness and be able to understand when I expand and grow spiritually and in business and with the show that can handle that. Right. It is not feeling like it makes them less if the, right? Because there's different, you know, the feminine and the masculine. I have blended the two, but they come out at different times of the day and different activities that I do and being able to handle both sides and yet still know I'm a woman at the right. end of the day. And I still want to be treated like the woman that I am. Right. But yet I'm still the boss of my business. Right. So I, yeah. you don't want someone who's intimidated by how brightly you shine. Thank you. Yeah. You just took that, like five minutes of words and made it into like 12. Well, because I had four and a half minutes to think about it. You were telling the story, so you didn't have that luxury. So, but that's truly what, and I hear that from a lot yes. of my friends who are, they're, they're confident in a mm. beautiful way, mm-hmm. right? Like they're very confident, but they need to be with a partner who understands that and doesn't feel threatened. By that, right? Or less than. You know, women, we are complex. We are cyclical. We are a lot of things at once. We are not going to be the same. And we're going to change our minds and we're going to change the game and the way we operate all the time. This is the thing. This is women. We are flow, right? Mm -hmm. We change. And I feel like that is maybe something that we should have a full podcast on is talking about how women are not unilateral and and the thing is is that in the in the course of a month we change continuously right whereas men they go through that cycle in like a day right right and most men and i'm i'm being very stereotypical sure. here but i'm talking the majority of men in their masculine and women in their feminine mm-hmm. now it can be a thousand different versions of that but i do think that for women that run their own business and sit in their masculine space to be task oriented and goal oriented, but that can flow back into their femininity in their relationships and still really lead with their heart is, is it it just, it's like a contradiction for a lot of people. They don't understand. Well, how can you be this and still be that? Right. Right. Guess what? I'm a contradiction. Well, and we're human. And so that means we're complex. Right. That's what I tell people. I even tell my kids, I, we're all trying to figure this out. And we're have many layers to us. Now we could talk about you dating. Well, that's not what this show is about. 
I totally you want to talk about I wanted to deflect. You want to talk about losing followers? I could bring oh your your gosh. countdown real quick. If we talk about my dating, I know you would. We would gain them because you're so funny. You're, you well, make me. so My laugh. recent dating, as you know, was joining Bumble and then finding out for three weeks you I was swiping the wrong way. So everybody I was into, I just sent them right into the trash. Oh my goodness! Which is devastating. It's, I told you that I think that you could reset. We need to call Bumble and ask them to give you a do-over so you can. I have all those chances to swipe the right way again. Those women have long moved on. <laughs> they don't need me to come back. Oh my goodness. Pulling at their coattails. Please. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yes. So well, thank you for asking is, because yeah. dating is it's been it's been interesting. And I, I do think that I've grown so much that there's one thing that I know is that I I've learned like there's parts of me that hasn't always been so great at oh, this. Right, and, right. you know, I, I mean, there's, I've learned a ton. I've learned so much. And so I, I think that the biggest thing I've learned is that we are constantly evolving. Right. And so that to me would be my equal, right? Mm-hmm. As somebody that's constantly evolving in whatever way. Right. And it's funny because, you know, I have a 21 year old, soon right. to be 22 and a 19 year old wow. and they have opinions now. Of course. Like my son sat me down. Is he the older one? He's the older He's one. The old, okay. About six months ago, he had met somebody that was taking me out on a date and he didn't like him. Oh. And um, did and he say why he didn't like him? Yes, because okay. he didn't get up when he shook his hand. The guy sat down and he didn't was get sitting. up when your son. Yes, and my son came in and he didn't get up when he shook his hand. Hello. I know. My son is that, he's that, he's that kid, right? He's been the man of the house, right? And he's looking out. Of course, he's going to be your first, you know, front center. So I I get, I get that. And so he's like, I don't like that, mom. Like, I don't like that there's not, you're not this, you haven't met your match. Oh, yeah. And um, he said some things to me that really surprised me. And that, that actually, I will say that it changed my perspective a little bit because from his perspective, I understand he's being a protective kid. So I do put that caveat in there. Like I get that. But he also did say, mom, maybe you should just stop dating. Maybe you should like grow your business and, you know, for the next five to 10 years. And then one day you'll meet a nice guy and you'll retire. And I'm like, oh, son, you're cute. Thank you. But move along. (laughs) But he did say some important things like, you know, and so I... That, again, is part of the learning. Right. And hopefully what now I know is hopefully I'm teaching my son to be that Absolutely. conscious man, right? Well, and he my already is. Too. If he was aware, he picked up on that. Yeah. That's amazing. I was, I was, it's a, and now it's a thing. Like him and my daughter talk about it. Like it's it's a... It's their testing Does, ground. Did he have a nickname for this guy? Like, like no stand coucher or something? I don't know what, what his <laughs> he, nickname He did be. call him... Um, what did he call him? He called him... Um, I think he called him a fool. A fool? I think he used did the word Did you date fool. him more than once? Or was it kind of a, a short-lived? Well, that is my kids know you know. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yes, well, they might be I listening. Mean, I, so I, I do. They they don't listen. Okay. but I, I do date like a ninja the majority of the time because okay, my good. kids are both back at home. Sure. So I am very strategic, and so well, you have to be. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting thing that you know, dating when you have kids mm-hmm. who are living in the house part time, full time, whatever it is, you do have to be more creative. Stealth. And thoughtful and stealth. Yes. Well, you know, my I mean, I'm a ninja eavesdropper, so I can quickly transition <laughs> if the opportunity should ever arise. Okay. So one thing that I do know about you is your is spirituality is incredibly important to you. And I don't know if you want to share this, but I'm gonna I'm going to ask mm. because I know you well enough to know that you'll mm. say no <laughs> if I ask. So. When we talked about, and we've 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 touched on this a little bit, you and I, but this concept of coming out of the broom closet, right? Like you talked mm-hmm. about doing your first podcast in the closet, but this is mm-hmm. yet another closet. Do you are you comfortable to expand upon what does that mean mm-hmm. to you? Because I know that's a really big part of your being. It is and who yeah. you are. And thank you for asking that. You know, I I really took a leap in November by hosting this Sacred November series where. I did an intro show and then I did a live interview with an Oracle, which we actually did like a live event here in Denver and recorded it at the same time and then released it as a podcast and a video. It's so good. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. Um, And then I brought my spiritual sisters on and and interviewed them as well. So when I, when I made the leap to have this discussion and hold this like sacred November, it was because I kept getting this message in a couple of different ways. Like intuitively I was getting this hit to that, People are asking me spiritually and physically, like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you do this? Like, how are you doing all the things that you're doing? And I felt like 
talking about mindset and goal setting and staying committed to taking care of my body and learning and being an ongoing learner, all of these things were pieces of that. But I left out this other piece, which is that I am connected, Mm -hmm. right? I am connected to a source, right? My source is, you know, whatever you want to call it, higher being, higher self, um, universe. And I receive guidance, right? I, I receive, my channel is open. I receive guidance. I am clairvoyant and I'm a seer. And so information comes to me and I proceed on my path based upon that. I live my life that way. Like I surrender to that. This whole podcast actually started that way because mm. I was given this message to do this without having any idea why the heck I would do it. But I surrendered. Wow. And so for me, surrendering to this path of knowing of who I am but not doing it publicly, only doing it personally, became like a conflict within mm. me. And I I will say that I was aware that doing this chunk of Sacred November shows, which were six shows, which are amazing in November, if you haven't listened, that are going to be outside of the topics that we normally discuss. But not really, because these are women that are working in the spiritual realm. This is their professional sp- I was going to say professional spirits, but that was going to sound weird. But they are professionals as psychics, as healers. Right. Um, this, these are their jobs. So they are still female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But I did know that it was going to create some ripple. And and it did. It created a big ripple. Um, but it was a piece of the puzzle that I had not shared with people that is why I do what I do and how right. I do it. And so there's that's it. I, I recorded these shows. I talked about the fact that I am a high priestess and I I – work in with witchcraft every day, everything I do. In fact, I will, the day that we recorded your show was, I mean, I got busted for burning sage that day. Oh, that's right. You told me that when I came (laughs) in. (laughs) I mean, there's, I I do, I take care of my space. I take care of my energy. I receive, I receive. And then I spend so much of my day just saying thank you. Right. Like I am, I am so grateful for everything that happens. And if you don't hear me say it, just know that when you leave here, I am going to spend a chunk of my day today, Debbie, just being so grateful for you and for the opportunity that we had to do this and for the show and for all the women who have come on the show and who have listened, right? Like I, a big part of my spirituality to me is my gratitude, right? my, my gratitude for just being here. And it's, it's funny because I was recently asked to look back because most of us can look back at a point where we were called, even if we have gifts that we've had since we were young, which I have been given guidance since I was young without knowing what that's, what that was. But there's usually a place when we realize that we're being called. And even if it's messy and crazy and weird, we know that it's happening. Um, and for me, it's, I'm going to say this in a way that's so profound is I like found my womb when I lost my womb. Mm. Right. So I had, mm. I grew tumors and had, you know, the possibility of having, you know, cancer inside and I had to have a whole series of surgeries that left me with half the organs that I was born with. Mm. That was the beginning. Hmm. That was and when, when I went, How old were you? When was that? 36. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and then within a year, developed the first tumor in my breast, which oh, gosh. I had to have removed, which then resulted in complications to that surgery and led me to a couple of days in on the edge, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the edge. And it was during that time when I realized that okay, that was like my 11th major surgery. Wow. And I knew that I might go. And you know what? I was okay. I was okay to go. And that that whole process of all of that happening, it just changed the trajectory of my life because I didn't go. So I woke up the next day and I'm like, huh, all right. <laughs> so we're still going to do still this here. a little bit longer. <laughs> right. All right. So the the And from then I just lived differently. I got divorced after that. To, I was my second So that was husband. around 36, 37. That was, well... That would have been closer to 40. No, and 40, how old are you early now? 40. I'm 46. Okay. So that all of that happened and transgressed. And then I I just realized that every day is just matters. It matters. Every day matters. It matters. Mm-hmm. It just matters. Because tomorrow is no guarantee. Absolutely. And we spend the majority of our days forgetting that. Right. So I, I would say that that's part of the reason why it comes forward for me is because it makes, it guides my decisions, like mm-hmm. who I am spiritually, the beliefs that I have, the way that... I hold space for you and for everyone that comes on this show and the work that I do. Oh, it just, it's my heart, right? It's my heart connected and surrendering right. to knowing that I am not just me. We are all together in this, you know? Right. Well, thank you. 
That felt like a lot. That felt like it was a No, that felt great. And it (laughs) felt great because I think you are so open and honest about so much that if I had to guess, I that's probably hard for people who are very forthright. It's hard to keep something back. And especially if you're unsure, right, of how it's going to land and you want to be sensitive. And it's such a huge emotional piece of who you are. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. Thank you. Well, I I laugh because I think, well, you know, a potential client might hear me talk about the fact that I travel with a guide that's a shapeshifter and that... Like the Matrix? Um, no, a little different. Okay, but I that a, would have been. Awesome. I have a shapeshifter that is very powerful in my life. What does um, that mean? I don't think I, I'm in my brain. I'm thinking of The Incredibles and thinking of a lot of Pixar movies, and I know that's just not quite right. As well as the but, Marvel you know, it's movies. It's kind of funny that a lot of those movies have like yes. pieces of real spirituality, yes. and even movies about witchcraft. They pull in real rituals, like they do their study. They're yeah, replicating Marvel, things yes. that really exist out there. So, what is a shapeshifter? So, a shapeshifter is is someone that goes from a, an animal being or animal spirit okay. into a human being or human spirit. Wow! And that is one of my guides. And actually, wow. I sometimes forget that. He's there all the time because yeah. there there are other guides that work with me all the time. But recently, uh, my shapeshifter made an appearance on a journey that I was on, and I was on this journey. And during the journey, this shapeshifter like roared against another shapeshifter, and I'm like, I'm definitely on a different. <laughs> I'm on a different plane right now. Like, what's going on? Wow. And I forgot. And it was a reminder too that I have great help. And we all do. Like this is I'm I'm saying things that for some of you are probably listening to thinking, oh my goodness, but the truth is we all have these. It's just right. I've tapped into mine, but you have them too. And yeah, my shapeshifter is very powerful. He is um yeah. His name isn't Spanx, is it? Because that's my shapeshifter. <laughs> no. And I'm I'm okay. So no, you have a shapeshifter guide? It's Spanx, and I spent no. I'm I don't. Oh. I don't think I do. Is I don't, Spanx are like a. I don't know. You're making. it. Do you not know what Spanx mm-hmm. are? Of course you don't. Oh, you mean the oh. yes? I'm oh talking about just, Spanx. I just got that. Oh dear lord! All right, we'll be back tomorrow after <laughs> we explain yes, this joke. Yes, yes that God. was supposed to land better than it did. I'm really sorry. I'm sure everybody else laughed, and I'm like Spanx. Oh yes, God. Well, see, you don't have to wear them. That's why you don't know about them. Well, and I'm two versus choose two. I mean, I choose to sometimes two pairs. It doesn't matter. I have no shame in that. I have worn two pairs before. Really? Well, and I have a lot of friends who are drag queens who padding oh, is yeah. a, is their life. Yes. And so they hold no sympathy for those of us who complain yes. about a pair of Spanx. So I said, right. well, I'll put on two then. Right. right. I don't know. Right. What's it going right. to take? I'll take one for the team. Exactly. <laughs> so hundredth episode. I'm sure if you think back, you have some that are your favorites. Now, I know when we talk about favorites, it's like children. You can't Mm -hmm. say you have a favorite child, although we all know that from day to day, you know, we feel differently. But have there been certain, are there certain episodes that just really, you just, are your favorites? Are just so yummy to you? Yeah, such a good question. I... It's funny because when I thought about a hundredth episode, I thought about maybe combining little clips of my favorite episodes, but then I realized there's just too many. I, that would be like that would take forever. I think that there are milestones that are my favorites. Like Tamara Banks was on my list early on when I started my show. Like she, I had a list of people that I wanted to interview, but I ne- felt like I needed some time to be better. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't want to, and I still think I could have done better, but. There were a few, like Tamara Banks was one that mattered. And and part of that was because not very many people share her story. She's a reporter. She's a journalist. And if you guys don't know Tamara Banks or heard that show, go listen to it or look her up. She's amazing. And nobody's told her story. And so when we wrapped it up and I told her that we just created her legacy, that was like a whoosh moment for me. Wow. That, was, that was really impactful. So I, I really, that meant a lot to me. I think... Some of the other shows that were really powerful to me. In fact, I'm going to switch over to Girl Talk for a minute mm-hmm. because Girl Talk impacted my my decisions making moving forward with interviews in ways that I didn't even imagine. Mm. Like we did this live in person event for two and a half days where my crew, like my sisters, came and spiritually held space and helped women, you know, be prepared for these interviews. And I literally like garnered their stories of, you know, abuse, addiction, like all kinds of really difficult things that women have faced in their life. And I held the space and we journeyed each time. Mm. And 
I was so greatly impacted. We, we did like 25 interviews in two and a half days. Wow. And I was a different person when that ended. Like I was a changed woman because I think that part of what I've had to learn in my journey is that what I know is not everything. My experience is such a small little piece mm-hmm. of what women have gone through. And so to live through what so many other women have experienced in their life changed me. Right. It just changed me. And that's where I really started to make a shift to realize that even if one person right. listens and is impacted, right. that I've done my job. Absolutely. And I stopped caring about statistics. I stopped I stopped counting downloads. I just stopped. I mean, I see it on a dashboard every time I open up my system, the back end of my system. And I don't care. I mean, if an advertiser wants to come on board, I'll give them the numbers. I mean, we're working with a bunch of different companies and I don't, but I don't care. Right. If one person's life has been impacted, then I'm doing what I've meant right. to do. So those were some of the moments that were really um, meaningful to me. I really love Alicia Huck. I did two episodes with Alicia Huck and I, and part of the reason why is because her message for humans is so important oh, great. that if you guys have not listened to Alicia Huck's show, go listen. And my face hurt after because Aww. I just laughed and smiled so much. That's awesome. But I think that she has this unique gift of calling bullshit, right? And being able to speak the truth. And it honestly still today, like I just, I, I want to channel a little more Alicia day right. to day. That's awesome. <laughs> but I I can't say that there's ever been like a particular episode that's been better than the other because they're all so different. But I have had a few that have been difficult. Okay, yes. This is this is something I had not thought of. Here's here's an interesting story. So I interviewed a woman once and I felt her come into the space into the interview with a bit of a chip on her shoulder and it was it was definitely around her experience with men in her life and I I knew that. I I mean intuitively I knew that. I felt that. And so I I could not not challenge her. And I have I don't interview like that. I don't interview like that. And so I like challenged her on the mm. show when she called out a few things and I challenged her and oh man, she did not love that. <laughs> she oh, did not boy. love that. So what There's happened? A, I published the show because I keep my word. Sure. So she put the effort in, I published the show, but I did not market it. I didn't add it to any of my okay. social media. I didn't I didn't because I also at the end of it felt like that wasn't truth. That wasn't truth. Okay. And so then brought up a good lesson, like what do you do when you're a podcast host sure. and it doesn't go the way you want it to go or somebody's not truthful. Here's another example. I did a series of recordings um, with Invest Her, which is a, it's a pack, you know, supporting female candidates running for okay. an elected position. And so they had an event and I interviewed all these women at this event. And one of them, I brought up a hot issue in the news that she had been challenged on and she lied. Oh, no. <laughs> and afterwards, I I knew that. And I'm... I. So those things sit, so those are, that's what I say. I've been more impacted by moments where I realize, okay, this is, this, this matters. This is out there. Like right. I didn't, I didn't ask some of the questions that I should have asked to find out if she was telling the truth. Not that I would have oh. known, but right. you know, there's, there's that, right? Those are some, so those have been tough. Sure. And you feel a responsibility to yes. your listeners. And so, and you have integrity. So that is a personal thing for you. Yes. I know. And, yeah, and I you know, I mean, gosh, you guys give an hour of your time right. to listen. I, I feel like there's so many things that we could be doing. And for anybody, and even now, like you choose to spend an hour with me and listen to what we have to say. I just feel so honored and blessed. And I don't take that lightly ever. Right. Right. Interesting. So, you know, you're on your hundredth episode and I'm going to ask these back to back. So you have time to think about it. What have you absolutely hands down loved, gets you up Mm -hmm. in the morning, keeps you going and what have, and you might've just answered this, Mm -hmm. so it might be exactly what you said, but what are some of the challenges where Mm -hmm. you've, and I, I think everybody goes through this. I don't care who you are, where you've thought. I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. Mm. This is, and maybe you don't have that. But what are some of the challenges that you didn't think you would face doing a podcast? Mm. And what are some of the just beautiful surprises that have turned into like the yummiest moments mm. that you didn't even know you would ever experience? Well, I like the first question better, so I'm going to answer that one first. <laughs> In any order. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what I love so much is bringing women's voices forward. There are so many amazing women that have expertise and life experiences that are, don't have the confidence or the place to tell their story. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. 
I feel like that's what gets me up in the morning is that sometimes the, when I say that there's one person that needs to, that needs to be impacted for me to feel like I've done my work, right? sometimes it's the person I'm speaking to, right? That is, that is so incredible. And the other thing is, is that when we do this, we are giving other women the opportunity to have their voice be heard. So that part, I see, I see this domino effect happening. Right. So that drives me now, definitely for sure. And that there are so many women that have unique perspectives on their life, their business, their jobs, their kids, their fitness, you know, their their journey. This is it. This is it. I I do I do see that I could potentially do way more of this. I oh, enjoy it so much. I love mm-hmm. that. Same more episodes, different vibe, different, different. show. There's other topics and that I, you would I, like to focus yeah, on. Yeah, and I've been asked to host another show that I'm considering. Right. So, yeah, I definitely the impact of sharing our story and our right. wisdom. It is underrated. Absolutely. It is underrated. 100%. Yeah. So that's that definitely. I love that part so much. And you know what? The other thing I really love is that I've come into this industry when it's still kind of new, mm. right? It's There's a lot of podcasts, but comparatively, it's still a small fraction compared to like YouTube channels or like blogs. So I like that. And I also like that I've developed this confidence in speaking, right? right. It's helped me so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Take that out into the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so- now to the second part of that question, yeah. right? What is it I... that you just go, man, this sucks. This, this is the part that sucks that people don't know about. Yeah. Well, there's uh, one example that comes up to me is that there's a couple of local women in Denver that are doing really great things at a high level um, that have brushed me off several times. And I don't love that part. Why do you think that is? Do you do you have insight into that? Yeah, I, I actually one of them I asked like after months Good. of like courting her and asking her, and I was given to her assistant over and over again, and and she eventually just said we're not going to be able to do the podcast at this time, which is fine. If if my audience is not a fit for you, I mean, but say that, right, say that right, right out the gate. I have 125 people on a wait list to be on the show, so right. I, I don't. I mean, that wouldn't hurt my feelings. Right, right. What hurts my feelings is that getting this brush off and then seeing you in public. And getting introduced to you and being told that, oh, my gosh, she has the most amazing podcast. You should share your story. And she said, oh, who? Oh, yeah. Yep, right. Yeah. So, Yowzer. Right. So I got the answer, which was that at the time, didn't love that part of my show was behind a paywall when I first started with Ladies Chit Chat Club. That was part of the issue. Some people have premium content. It's a what thing, does that right? mean? Behind that means you can be a subscriber that pays like 99 cents or $5 a month and you get half your show's Behind a paid wall. I see. So okay. like when I interview Brene Brown, right. I could put her behind a paywall. I see what you're saying. And say, okay, join for 99 cents a month to hear all my high level. And then you get access. Okay. I don't uh, Why do, I wasn't don't do my paywall $16 is what I need to know. I'm feeling a little bit insecure <laughs> right know. now. That Debbie Shear doesn't even have a paywall. She doesn't even have a wall. <laughs> Debbie Shear didn't get a paywall. Hey, I don't have a paywall. So we're going to work on that. 2020 is that. the year of the paywall. All right. New paywall coming. Um, that was part of the issue. The second part of the issue is that she felt that I was insignificant at the time. And so, um, and she said it in a different way, but the thing is, is that bothered me the most is that she is a champion for um, the pay gap for women. And so, um, and so to me, even just saying that in Denver, people will know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She has an app. She has techno- she's built technology to level the playing field for um, women's um, remuneration in the workplace. And I, that that turned my stomach. Mm-hmm. I didn't love that because I I knew that I had a couple of choices. I could come on and talk about that. I am now. This was six months ago. I am now. At the time, I thought that's a shame. And and you know the thing is is that there's lots of people that can come on and talk about that issue. But because she is making such a, a stance, it's I I wanted to deliver the message for her. Sure. So sure. that was that's that's hard. And then there's another woman that. Um, it's just, you know, she's big for her britches and yeah. she doesn't work with lowly podcasters and companies that are making social change and I can just keep going on. Right. You know? I mean, and I so, and so again, this is another example of somebody that, and now I've been introduced to her like three times as people have been telling me to have her on my show. And I respond every time and say, oh, I know I invited her a year ago and didn't receive a response. Yeah. So those are things that are hard. I didn't expect that. Right. Well, emotionally, we all have ego and yes. we all get bruised. Yes. Right. That's a very real part of being human. And so it, it I can understand that mm-hmm. stings. That yeah. stuff stings. Yeah. Especially when you're fighting hard to give people the space to have their voice heard. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh. Learning to let go of our ego and 
you know, I, I like to say that this show is not about me. It never, it maybe started that way. And maybe those of you that come back and listen, you must like my voice because it's been a lot of it. I know I'm laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of Taverly. I have people that have been with me from the beginning, Debbie. See? From the beginning. And how long is that from the beginning? That's a year and a half. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a, that's a relationship. Yes. A hundred episodes. That's a hundred hours of listening to me. Commitment. And if you listen to any of my other shows, I mean, it could be up to like 200 hours of Taverly. That is a lot. That is. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I, I honor that very much. And when, when I realize that it's not about me, right. It's not about me. It's about the people and the way that we interact. And I'm a piece of that, but it's not me. Right. So if you had to send everybody out into their day after listening to this or into their life after the hundredth episode, what is the one thing the one message that you want to make sure is heard. Share your story. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't care how you do it. If you don't, you know, if you want to share your story on my podcast, contact me. If you want to share your story on your website or on your Facebook page or whatever it may be, just be truthful and share your story because I guarantee you that somebody else in the world is struggling with something that you have already learned in your lifetime. Cause listen, I, once you get to 25 plus, or sometimes 20, sometimes 15, you've learned, you've had trauma, you've learned. Share your story, share what you've learned. Know that doing so has the ability to change somebody else's life because they may not have learned that lesson yet. And especially for women, listen, ladies, we are in this together. We are one. We we have the ability to become more collective in our approach in everything we do. And so my opinion, start by sharing your story. Be more authentic with your neighbors, with your friends, with your kids, or go on a podcast and tell it live. Like do it whatever which way is comfortable with you, but but share your truth. It matters. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. And I just want to say thank you for trusting me to come on and thank <laughs> you for being willing to sit in the, the a different seat right? And be interviewed. But ultimately, and I and I know I speak for everybody who's listening, thank you so much for just being the most vulnerable, transparent, honest person that you are, right? Mm-hmm. And that we appreciate your willingness and drive and commitment to holding space for so many people. So thank you for, for letting me dig a little bit deeper. I appreciate it. My eyes are feeling a little leaky. Thank you. A little leaky. Yeah, thank Not you. with blood, hopefully. Thank you. And, you know, thank you for, Debbie, for you being a guest on my show and for all of the guests who gave me their time, gave me a chance, you know, let me tell their story, trusted me. It's like you're saying, it, it takes a level of trust to really hold that space to tell a story. So thank you. And, and for those of you listening, guys, like... I, I don't know what to say. This would not be here without you. You, like I said, you could do anything with your time and you choose to spend an hour of it with me. And I'm just forever and ever grateful. Oh, yay. Oh, thank thank you. you. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. We know your time is extremely valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.